It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble. Well, how willing are the fans going to be to be gathering in big groups uh, right, right upon the end of the COVID-19 situation? You may be taking a look at just a uh, TV-only type of league for this year as well. I mean, you're right. Uh, if, if it's calmed but not away... How comfortable are we sitting in in a stadium with uh, 20,000, 30,000 other people um, where there is no chance of distancing? You're basically sitting on top of one another. First down have to think at some point tsn says oh my goodness yes we really need to have some live content so i'm sure that there might be a little bit of okay well let's throw a little extra money and and just make the game happen that we can show you'd have to also think in their benefit the tsn go subscriptions would go way up if now there's actual games on tv so don the cfl announced that uh, as part of their covid19 response in planning that gameplay for the ninth pardon me the 2020 season will begin no earlier than June 30th. So we're into July now. That is very true. And it does impact length of schedule. Uh, It will impact all kinds of things in terms of what the CFL can provide for a minimum number of games. Maybe bye weeks will be definitely impacted. But again, this all depends on how COVID-19 plays out first and foremost. And right now, some people have regarded this as just conjecture. Other people have said they're taking more of a firm stance. Clearly, they're working with their partners, uh, you know, sponsors, TSN, RDS, the CFLPA, Brian Ramsey also put out a post about this. So it's clearly on the agenda as much as it can be on the agenda. And I think you've got to work toward the positive in anything like this situation, because if you consider always the the negative side of things, you're just going to wind yourself into a spot where you can't climb out. And I do believe you've got to look for the future, look for something positive in the future. And this is one way to do it. Absolutely. I mean, it's hopeful. Uh, July is, uh, again, it's a, to me, it's almost a best case scenario where we stand. I've got a few months to make preparations. Hopefully borders will be open. But uh, at the same time, I think the, the CFL, the CFLPA and all the partners, including TSNRDS, are certainly aware that the pandemic response is still fluid at this point in time and uh, certainly is going to depend on what others go. But in, in my way of looking at it, if we're able to go by July, that would be fantastic, even if it's in a different format. And I know we've discussed this last week with Andrew and, and uh, you know, if, if, if it has to be where they're playing in certain places or playing without fans and supporting, um, I think it would be a great thing for the league to be able to resume at that point in time. Well, I think it'd be fantastic. I know uh, I'd be so excited if that was the case. Uh, You talk about playing in in empty stadiums, and this is the one question I don't think you and I have really broached just as yet. And that is, if you play in front of empty stadiums, you've got a situation where the only revenue that you're going to generate is through television. Who are the advertising firms that are going to step up and say, we'll pay for these football games? Because is it like a Rona, is it a, you know, you know what I'm getting at? Like what companies are still left out there that would be open to everything? Or is it a sort of a precondition that if they can play, our businesses will be open. We want to generate revenue for our company. Let's advertise and get this going. Tell everybody we're back. 
Well, I think, uh, you know, as we discussed last week, um, there's going to be some reticence on, on some people who become so used to being socially distant from one another that it would be difficult to bring people into the league. And I think then if the league is going to continue, and, and we'll talk about this a bit later as well, but if it's going to continue, there needs to be financial commitments from businesses and, and uh you know, some of the businesses that have maintained and stayed open, I think uh, my hope would be that over the time that they're able to put some money towards it, because certainly you cannot play without money. We know the CFL and discussed it being a gate-driven league. If it's just in empty stadiums, that takes a big revenue source away from teams. Well, it absolutely does. And it would be a huge hit if you cannot generate revenue to your bottom line. It doesn't matter what company you are. Uh, we've seen it during this COVID outbreak, other companies sort of, especially the ones that are in the manufacturing industry, move their line of production away from what they normally did into something such as gowns, such as N95s, such as ventilators. And then they were able to bring back employees and sort of help their bottom line, which I think is fantastic. That's stepping up for the right reasons and helping on so many different levels. By the time that we get to July, are there going to be enough sanctions removed that football will be one of those things that we can just go to? All those things have to be in place before the season does begin. And, you know, the hope would be that we can get there and have the season begin. But uh, there's a lot of things that have to fall. First of all, are the borders going to be open? We've talked about this before. If the borders are open, then how long will players have to wait beforehand? We had the discussion last week about whether or not uh, you need a training camp and how long that period would be in terms of um, what we do. Now, Ambrosi's statement, I think, gives us hope because they're trying to play as many games as possible. They're looking forward, like you said, with the hope that things will return to normal or as close to normal as, as they can be given the situation. But it's still so many pieces have to fall in line for this to happen. The hope is that it does because I, I think it would be extremely difficult if the league is not able to open up. Let's even use the end of July. Like if you move into August, I think you're probably still okay to continue. You've got to look at player safety. Um, the number of games players play and how quickly they play is going to factor in. So yeah, I think you and I discussed earlier, it, it's probably a war room for the CFL, the CFLPA, and the, all the partners right now trying to decide on all the different options. With the earliest point now being July, I'm sure they're looking at all kinds of uh, options for later potential starts as well. I think, too, that if you pick a start date, let's say it is July 31st, you have to wind the clock back on everything. Two weeks for training camp, two weeks for that you have to go into self-isolation if you're a player, a coach, whatever, coming into to Canada to play in the CFL or participate. You've got to have that 28 days or 30 days ahead of time. So you're looking at sometime in June where these decisions have to be taken. We already know that Toronto... Montreal, uh, Calgary, different centers are closed to public events up until June 30th, as you indicated right off the top. Those sanctions have to be lifted. And if they are lifted, you kind of got a feeling that as we come out the other side, there's going to be sort of a confidence and a, and a sort of a joy at getting back to normalcy in life. We know we're going to have to be a little bit cautious about how we proceed there is going to be something to be said for sitting down and watching a football game. Oh, I, I, I just can't wait. I mean, the joy when this opens up is going to be palpable. Um, I was joking with a friend the other day in that old song, Love Potion Number 9, where I'm kissing everyone in sight. I think that could be me, Don. 
<laughs> I guess we'll see. When you think about it, even talking about it brings a smile to my face because when we're able to resume life and get back to the things that we've taken for granted for so long, it is going to be a monumental moment. And the hope is that the leagues like the CFL and, and the other sports leagues as well, where a lot of people are, are truly invested and have enjoyed spending time watching and, and engaging in those activities, when they come back on, we will know that, yes, things are returning to normal and we're able to resume what we once took for granted. One thing that just occurred to me as you were mentioning that August could be an absolutely insane month for sports because let's play it out that everything goes right, okay? Mm -hmm. You've got the NBA trying to wrap up their last season. You've got the NHL trying to wrap up their last season. You've got Major League Baseball that's trying to figure out where we're going to get all our games in. And you've got the NFL, the CFL starting up again, MLS. There's going to be so much. It's it's kind of like going from zero to 100 without even blinking. I don't know if that's going to play out because, again, there are so many preconditions that have to be met before this all starts over and we get back to normalcy. We don't know when, if, etc. There's always a hope. And again, I think we we, we maintain the positivity that, yes, this will happen. It is a question of when. And uh, if it happens this year, I'm I'm at a point now where I'm believing that's best case scenario. So let's move forward with that. Let's continue the hope and see where we land. Because if you don't have hope, what do we have? I, I agree. Like, it's one thing to persevere, but you need something for which to persevere. And that, to me, is hope and the fact that we can get back to normalcy in our world. And and I just, I'm fully aware that we have limitations right now, and we are going to have limitations for quite a while. But as everyone says, and as the health public health officer, Dr. Tam, always says, it's what we do today that's going to impact how we live tomorrow. And so if we do everything that we are being asked to do in this country, in the United States, wherever— about social isolation, we can just get this process moving to a better result by doing what we can right now. Absolutely. Working together and everyone following the um, guidelines is going to help us pass through this COVID-19 situation, hopefully sooner than later. Second down. Remember, for proper social distancing, if you are close enough to shake hands, you are too close. The recommended distance is two meters. Last week, there was a fantastic article by Devin Aru, uh, sort of a Q&A with the commissioner, Randy Ambrosi, and they were speculating at the time, what about the league? What about the situation? How does that impact? And I thought it was a real good treatise on sort of the mindset of a person who has so much responsibility for so much that is going to impact member clubs, fans, television networks, stadium rentals. It's a lot to weigh. It absolutely is. I mean, when you're talking about a CEO of any organization that has this much to do with, like you said, not not just the organization itself or the business itself, but all the people involved or who take pleasure from the business or you know, even if you're looking in a working situation or who, you know, that they provide a service for, it's got to be an awful lot of uh, responsibility for those individuals. And, and uh, I'm a fan of Randy Ambrosi. I think he's done a good job of navigating not just this time, but the CFL as a whole, as a commissioner. So 
I certainly think he's doing some of the right things. But you're right. It's a great article and it is one certainly worth reading. The one thing that really stood out to me was that Ambrosi was not going to push ahead with anything without having all his ducks in a row. And we've seen it with other people who have had other sports enterprises. It's really tough, I think. If you're the person sitting in that chair in Toronto, you've got to really think about what type of message not only you're giving the person who's asking, but the, the answer you're, you're putting to the whole product out there, that's the fans, the players, because you have so many constituencies, you've got to be able to manage that and send the right message. And I thought Ambrosi, the way he sort of attacked the problem was very fascinating and also uh, on point. I absolutely agree with you. I've been pleased with what he's done. And when he talks on this article, I mean, he does maintain hope. And we've seen that as we talked about in First Down, where he's identifying, you know, the the soonest time point that we'll be able to do this based on the information that is fluidly and, and, and constantly changing. I think he's done a good job of communicating where the CFL stands. I think he's uh, brought in all the different players. So you can take a look. We've talked about this before. It's the it's the CFLPA. It's the partners. It's the businesses, the sponsors. He is bringing them all together. And I think that's what a, a strong leader has to do and make the decisions that are best for everyone involved while maintaining safety for everyone involved. He's described himself as a pragmatic optimist. He knows that there are a lot of doomsday scenarios out there that we can get to in third down. But the overall gist of what he was trying to get across was that although you can't make any decisions that are etched in stone, you still have to be open to the idea that you've got to plan for all kinds of scenarios within a framework that you do have. And that means that if you want to schedule football games for July, you've got to have a schedule built for that. And if you want to start in August, you have to have a schedule for that. And then in September, you have to have a schedule for that. And that could come into your opponents, a round robin, etc., etc. And you just can't all of a sudden one day have it thrust upon you. Doors are open, let's go, and not be ready. And this is part of the role of a commissioner and part of the role of a league is to keep everybody on task while you still have truthfully no concrete idea as to when you can get going. Absolutely. And I think that's where um, I've been impressed. He's not, uh, and he's said this many times, they're not installing an artificial timetable. They're going to take things as they go. I think they are looking at all the combinations, the permutations, and, and he's also put out for the CFL as a whole that, that, you know, best case scenario is options are available. We want to play as much football as we can because that's really the best case scenario, right? As soon as the government and, and the health officials give us the clearance to return to what we're doing and resume normal life, they're going to be ready for it. And I think Ambrosi has done a good job of leading that and letting people know that this is their goal as a CFL. This is what uh, they're doing in terms of the the pre-planning and and getting ready for any permutations that are out there as to how this could be moved forward in this given year. And just as a sidelight, when you talk about planning, I mean, all the coaching staffs, general managers, there's still a CFL draft coming up at the end of April, barring any unforeseen circumstance, they can still go ahead. You've got Ryan Didwini in Toronto. Is a situation like this just something that helps him because he gets more time to figure out what he wants to do with that club. 
he gets an extra month, two, three before everything gets underway? Well, from a coach's perspective, if the coach is not the GM, I think uh, you know that that does give them some more time to uh, review options they have to be prepared. Football coaches are used to a, a relatively short window uh, in the off season to have some downtime before they get right back at it, and uh, this is giving them that little bit of extra time. They'll also know by that point who they have drafted, who they've signed, and be able to look at the people that they have and and the systems that they're looking to put in. Um, which they haven't had that before. So I, 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 you know, I think it doesn't just benefit new people like Dinwiddie. I think this benefits all coaching staffs as a whole to be able to have some time to uh, really get a little bit more in depth than maybe they've had the potential to do in in the relatively short off season. Truly, when there's so much to do as a coach, and it, I think it it does help, like a team like Toronto or somebody like that that. Everything is going to be so compressed once it gets going that if a team gets on a hot streak, you could be in the playoffs very quickly because all you need to do is gel at the right moment or get the right bounce and you could be on your way. And a team like Toronto that wins four games last year could be the class of the league this year just because circumstance provides. Not that I'm saying that they're going to or anything, but it's just a hypothetical. Toronto, uh, Montreal, any team could really just shine because you've got such a compressed schedule in front of you you know when the season starts out you 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 spend your few weeks going through training camp you've played some games you're you're fine-tuning things but when everything is uh pushed short you may have a few upset wins one or two upset wins that happen early in the season can make a huge difference for playoff implications it will indeed and that could just upset the apple cart completely you may have a team last year that went 15 and 3 hamilton and may not be in such great state or just the opposite they run the table again because they're just that good winnipeg and hamilton are queued up to go again it's going to be fascinating Uh, that's the part of the schedule that we haven't really countenanced is how does it impact preparation for teams that are trying to gel and teams that have already gelled from last year and kept their squads together. Typically, a leg up for anybody that still has their team together. You know, that's why I think that, that some of these teams that have brought a lot of new people in, they don't have time. Uh, we, we know that teams that uh, gel seem to be on the same page playing for one another. Uh, that That's what often happens through training camp and through the longer season. You know, you spend... Uh, June and sometimes into July, just kind of gelling and finding a, a rhythm and groove. Well, the reality is if the season is sh- cut short by any significant number of games, you're not going to have that time. So, I mean, you hopefully you're hitting your groove by playoffs and hopefully the uh, games you played before that are going to allow you to get there because you don't have a, a long extended season to do it. And just as a hypothetical, given that we may be playing like an eight-game schedule, whatever, 10, 12, do you ever expand the playoffs and let eight out of nine make it? Oh, boy. I, I You know, we haven't even discussed that, Don, but uh, in my way of, of looking at any league, you play the league regular season games to get to the playoffs. So I think in, an, in a nine-team league, if you were to let eight teams in, I think you'd lose a bit of credibility in terms of your organization. But you've only got eight, you've only got eight games. Um, if you're going to do that, why don't what? It's hardly enough to know who's better. Well, I mean, if you if you only have four games, 
If you only have four games, maybe what you do is you go on last season's rankings or four weeks to play, for example, and you put, like you said, almost put everyone in. That ninth team is maybe out. Um, but, you know, it would be interesting to determine. I can't see it happening, but I'm just throwing it out there as a thought. <laughs> well, uh, let's hope it doesn't happen, to be honest, because I would like to see them play at least an eight-game eight uh, league and hopefully more the CFL fan the more games the better but you know if, we, if we're able to play some I think then you do look at the placings and, and try to determine I could see expanding potentially you may give other teams opportunities to get in you're right if you did buys for the two first place teams and, and then brought you know the next three in and did some kind of wild card system there I, I don't know it, it might be interesting run it like the NFL I don't know if I want to do that <laughs> well that's what's nice about the CFL is we don't Uh, emulate the NFL third down gamble so Don going back to that article by Devin Haru uh, one of the things he asked Commissioner Ambrosi is um, you know what would a cancelled season do for the CFL Ambrosi is quoted as saying, I can tell you without a doubt that a cancelled season would be devastating financially. All your revenue streams go away at this point, but you have to account for that as a possibility. End quote. An empty stadium approach would be a huge hit to the CFL. Uh, we've seen like, in the NHL, the NBA looking at sort of doing an NCAA tournament, trying to you know, look at neutral sites to get their season over with. I can't see that the CFL could go in front of empty stadiums to make it work because I just don't think the revenues are there from television to pay for it. There has to be a, an audience that is in stadium watching the product. Even though, as Ambrosi said, it could be devastating financially for the league to not have any games, I think there's going to still be a market. When we talk about TSN, I don't see them going down. They're going to want to have teams and, and, and leagues that go. Could it potentially result in the impact of some teams going down? I suppose it could, but that's happened in the CFL before as well, and they made it through with an eight-team league. So, I mean, in the event that individual franchises are really struggling or have difficulty making ends meet. I would be stunned, despite the economic impact a canceled season would have, I would be stunned if any team leaves Because one thing that the CFL has done very well in the last 15 years is bring on ownership that can withstand the hits. And this is something that the CFL will have to rely upon if there's no season. And I do believe with the new ownership in Montreal, we've got powerful ownership in Toronto. Winnipeg's got great ownership. Calgary's got great ownership. You can go around the league. It doesn't really matter. Hamilton and Bob Young, there are great people that will not let this happen. So I do believe that despite a canceled season, if that ever came out to play that way, despite a canceled season, the teams would all be there in 2021. I would really hope so because I think we would lose a lot of different... um you know, what makes our league unique is that we are from different regions, we have different cities, we have different fan bases, and if we can continue to keep everyone there in the league, uh, I think that's going to benefit. And and if I'm in the federal government, I'm also looking for things that uh, show resilience, show some grit and determination. And I think one of the things in Canada that's unique to Canada is the CFL. 
and the government is putting money into uh, support businesses. So in the event that this is financially devastating for any franchises, my hope would be that governments, both national and you know our provincial governments, would see that this is something that brings people together, gives us hope, and uh, you know this this league, much like I believe the NHL would feel in Canada, is crucial to the wider Canadian community. Just my opinion, and I could be wrong, but uh, certainly that's where I stand. It's something that I'm sure some people will suggest. I don't think it's going to be required. Again, I go back to the the ownership groups that are there are well suited for what they're about to face. I don't think that Ambrosi has gone too many days without checking in with everybody to see if they can manage the hit. I don't doubt that it's going to hurt, but I do believe that all nine will be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful as well. I think we've got a good organization. I think, uh, as we've mentioned before, Randy Ambrosi is doing, I think, a great job of leading the league through this situation. And, uh, you know, going back to the, the article one more time, um, when he says, you know, this, this is about sports potentially being part of the healing process and, and play a role in that. And uh, he's wanting that to be a small part of um you know, what the league has to offer Canadians. So I think my hope is that, that that's truly where we end up. I think we still, fingers crossed, the league keeps going. We have games this year. The situation can be managed. Let's keep the hope out there. And uh, as long as everyone is doing their part, Don, maybe we'll be able to not have to cross this bridge at all. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. That's spelled at T-H-I-R-D-D-O-W-N-G-A-M-B-L-E. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio. Worth watching.